0: On this week's episode i'm delighted to be joined by russell clements up until 2012 he was the ceo of s3 joining as the second ever employee back in 1986 he's helped to build it to 2500 staff across more than 60 offices and 20 countries s3 now enjoys revenues in excess of 1.3 billion pounds russell is now a non-exec chairman and angel investor to a number of recruitment businesses and tech companies in the sector. Russell Clements, absolutely delighted to have you on the Purpose Dead Leadership Podcast. Um, Really pleased to have you on and sort of to find out a bit more about you as a person and your phenomenal success. Obviously, I was S3. You were one of the, I think, the original first or second person at S3. So I'd love to know more about that. But let's talk a bit more about you as a person before S3. If you'd like to sort of go, you know, as far back as school, if you can, uh, some of the the journey you've been on pre-S3, it'd be lovely to, to hear that. Uh, well, th- thanks for inviting me on. Obviously, happy to to
1: um, to be here. Um, yeah, so my background: I was, but um, uh, council estate boy, lo- lo- uh, lorry driver father. My mum worked at the uh, in the walls um, factory, um, and uh, so working class background. Went to a comprehensive. I was the first person to go to uh, university. In fact, I was the first person in my extended family to to to, to even do A levels. Uh, it wasn't common in, in our our family to to stay on for anything longer than the absolute legal minimum required time, and actually, quite a lot of my cousins didn't even get that far. Um, and so I went to university, and actually, I, I had a bit of a sliding doors um, experience when I eventually ended up doing what I ended up doing was that um, I I thought I was going to be an academic, so I actually had um, uh, aspirations to um, have a, 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 a career as a um, as a lecturer. And in fact, I had a PhD lined up. Decided to take a year out, and uh, I never did the PhD. And as I always joke, that um, you know, in a parallel universe, there's a um, there's a Professor Clement somewhere, but not in this one. So, uh, so actually, I didn't end up didn't think I would end up at all where I where I was uh, before I joined S3. I actually sold advertising space for a publishing company uh, called VNU, and it was in that context that I originally came across Bill and Simon, who who um, co-founded the uh, the business uh, originally trying to sell them advertising space so that's how um that's a, how it all started in one room in um blanford street opposite um what is now part of the um uh the chilton fire station so right. um yes uh, I'd love it, was, it, was, it was
0: very scruffy back then that part of it but yeah. the then we were there for a reason it was cheap i remember seeing that old picture i think it was you and a few others that's the cigarette the archetypal cigarette in the ashtray kind of in the office brilliant brilliant old picture. yeah like that, yeah, yeah yeah. that was back in uh 86 at uh, black and white pictures yeah yeah so i mean I, I was at s3 for five and a half six years and you know you could cut me in half and i'd bleed s3 i mean how you did that i, I i'd love to we'd all love to find out which we'll delve into a bit more but do you do you feel that your your kind of upbringing and the way you describe kind of like the lack of academia Do you feel that was almost a good thing, though, because it kind of almost guided you towards being more kind of entrepreneurial, you know, having to stand on your own two feet kind of thing?
1: Well, I I mean, I I had a, um, I always worked because there was, there was, there was no money, um, you know, there was no spare money around, you know, I always had, had jobs as a kid um in fact i I actually had my own stall on portobello road market um when i was when i was 16 at the westbourne grove end actually which was the sort of the scruffy end again somewhere that's transformed um over the years quite glamorous these days but certainly wasn't at the time so i had a bit of a kind of business orientation a bit of an entrepreneurial uh mindset but to be perfectly honest if you'd said to me after i got to university if you said to me at 21 um, you know here's the choice you know get to, to, to do something in the com- commercial world mm. or to, to, to stick to, to being an academic um, I would have definitely chosen to be an academic. Um, I had no idea that work was something that could be compelling and engaging and enjoyable because wow. pretty much that's you know when you when you come from a, a sort of ordinary working class background people do what they do largely for money and for no other reason no one would voluntarily spend a moment longer doing most jobs than um, they absolutely had to. And I suppose that was the kind of condition that I had. It was a bit of a revelation to me that there were jobs around that you could actually enjoy, obviously mm. from a financial perspective as well, but where you could actually get, uh, uh, you know, some sort of existential um, satisfaction from it. So that was a real revelation for me. And it took me to be in work to really, for, for, for that to uh, to dawn on me, I guess.
0: Yeah, so you joined S three in nineteen eighty six. So, I mean, I'm not sure how big it actually got. It was three, four, five hundred million, wasn't it? But I mean, in, in sort of a five ten minute um, statement, how did you do that? <laughs> um, well, I mean, look. Well, when I when I left as as chief
1: executive, um, just to give you an idea, I mean, we had um, sixty offices in twenty countries. Um um and um and so and and about about two two and a half thousand staff and we did that all organically as you'll know so that was all just hiring people and developing them rather than um, acquiring management experience except in specialist areas uh, like finance etc um and and really we we set out not with that sort of vision in in mind i mean we didn't say for one minute that you know one one day we're going to be this global publicly quoted company um, I think we just had this aspiration to do as well as we possibly could do. Um, and, and each time we tried to do that, what was possible got redefined. So that kind of recalibrated your ambitions and that really um, you know, set the horizons. Um, so, you know, it would be completely fictitious to say that we sat around in in a, in a pub in, in 1986 and, and had even the... F- Foggiest idea of 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 what the business would eventually become we -hmm. were just a bunch of very ambitious people that didn't have any real limitations on our on our sense of um what was possible Mm -hmm. and i guess the other thing is where i would possibly um say that there's an element of the background being relevant is i guess we all had our a, a bit of a chip on our shoulder as well, um, and something to prove because we were a tiny little company in what was already by then a pretty competitive industry. Uh, and I joke about it. You know, we saw our, ourselves as Millwall at the time, and ended and ended up being Man United. You know, that was, yeah, that, yeah. was that was the um, uh, that was how it it, it panned out. Um, the culture was really just a reflection of of what we, the kind of business that we wanted to work for ourselves um you know so we had that kind of um football team type loyalty that sense of uh, camaraderie the idea that your um colleagues were friends as well the fact that you know you wanted to um to behave in a way that you would have wanted to be um treated yourself you know so yes. we had quite quite a strong ethical um dimension uh, we had a strong sense of of obligation you know but that was that was really from the give go and it was the kind of people we were it wasn't because we regarded that as being a a useful bit of um, mm. prerequisite, um for, for for the future success of the business we just wouldn't have run the business any 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 uh, other
0: way than that so there's no kind of as you said there thank you for that there was no kind of defined sort of plan necessarily it was more question of you know let's not necessarily set horizons or let's let's work bloody hard but let's for me it feels like Um, I've always said behaviors and attitude are much more important than skills and experience. Don't get me wrong. Skills and experience is great, but I I remember back in the day when I was there, um, you know we we, we we hired people on, on it was more than the gut feeling back then and I think things have changed now but it was kind of like it didn't matter how many years experience you had or if you didn't have any experiences more kind of what you could do not what you've done would you say that was the case or um yeah except
1: I would hope in fact I know that it was it was a mo- lot more sophisticated than gut feeling I mean what we would go for you, you're right in one sense which is that we were completely open-minded about the backgrounds of people that we took on. I mean, some yeah. people, a lot of people were, were were graduates, but, you know, we had mm-hmm. no um, uh, hiring policy that said you had to be a graduate. What you had to, to be was someone that we thought had exceptional potential. And, you know, rather than that being gut feeling, we've looked for evidence of that. So, you know, it didn't matter what your background was, but what you had to demonstrate to us was that you had, or um, well, fundamentally, it was self-motivation, you know, so, so if you were... Um, Someone that can actually say, you know, I have achieved something and I worked hard to achieve it. We weren't so concerned about what that was. It was the fact that you actually could point this point towards an actual tangible achievement, that you had some something to back up the aspiration. Um, Mm. So, you know, I think that was the key thing. We were looking for self-motivated people. We didn't really mind what kind of package those people came in. That was the crucial um, prerequisite um,
0: condition. It was That's it, and obviously, when, when you first started, you probably had zero or very little kind of management or leadership experience. But how, how did you how did you kind of deal with the 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 growing responsibility of being in the position as you were? Was it kind of like just as you went along, you learned, or what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was what was exciting
1: about it. We were we were kind of busking, you know. It was like, oh. um, you know, we we're we floated a company. You know, none of us had done that before. You know, so it was it was yeah, it was it was it was the um. conscious of the fact that you were doing things you'd never done before, but that was the excitement of it. I mean, the one thing I would say is people talk a lot about imposter syndrome, and I don't think we ever suffered from that. (laughs) I don't don't think we ever felt like, you know, we didn't deserve this, you know, that somehow we were going to be caught out, that people that perhaps had Mm. different kind of backgrounds to us were better than us. Um, You know, when I was interacting with investment bankers, I knew very well that they, 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 they took my accent and, and and extrapolated assumptions around that but i actually knew deep down that i was probably brighter than them so it didn't really bother me how they felt about me so i, I think you know we had we had a lot of self-confidence um a lot of balls you know i, I think in the in the sort of old-fashioned sense of it um mm. and that was that was that that gave us the belief that just because we hadn't
0: done something before didn't mean to say we couldn't um uh, do it now I think that's right. When when the kind of shackles are off and you haven't got the straitjacket, and you haven't got anyone, you, there's no conformity. I think I think one of the reasons. I mean, I was I was the group's top biller uh, A lot of people know that for for a number of years. And um, I think one of the reasons why I was successful was you know the, the framework and the environment that you you, you created. But also, I, when I was making cold calls, I, I didn't treat anyone as inferior or superior. So kind of for me, everyone was a le- everyone was a level playing field. And I think you know speaking to a ceo or speaking to a you know a, a java developer it didn't matter i had the same kind of level of kind of like actually I'm, I'm not better than you but i'm certainly not inferior than you and i think i think that carried me that carried me through and i think the way that you did that you kind of um, Engendered that in your people. I mean, I think I think we can't dismiss that. I, I know you, you've kind of been quite laissez-faire about it, but I think it's an art to 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 be able to create people to have that that belief as well, because people have belief, but you've still got to push them and. Gen- I mean, talk talk to me about how you or the team kind of created that belief as
1: well. Well, you hire people that are a bit like that to begin with. I think you know, and you know that's that's the point. If you had someone that was overly deferential in an interview, you know, someone that was um, a little bit too overawed by the fact that they were meeting someone that was senior to them in the first place, you know, that would obviously um, potentially set the alarm bells ringing I mean, I think there was a fine line between wanting a degree of confidence that people came with to begin with. Yeah. And 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 this is probably where it was tricky and, and why we actually ended up, I don't know, interviewing 12 or 14 people for every <laughs> job. Yeah. Was the fact that um we basically needed on the one hand someone who was was confident almost to the 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 borderline of 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 cocky on the other hand we wanted people that absolutely were sponges when it came to learning how to do things the way we wanted them to do it and that's probably the paradox was actually having people that had that level of confidence but were still they had the the um the the humility to, to to want to to work and learn in an environment where it was very much we do it this way know and you've really got to get into that and absorb that and and embrace it so Mm. getting getting those two potentially quite contradictory um, characteristics in the same same people was was obviously uh, quite a challenge
0: no absolutely i mean you know there are this isn't an exaggeration there are thousands of people like me who worked at s3 and then gone on to be very successful business owners and for me when i built my, my business that was, a pr- that was a proud moment for me, but one of the more proud moments was the people that worked for me then left and went on and did the same as what I did. They built their own businesses as well. So talk to me about, I'm sure S3 is, is one of the most proudest moments, but intrinsically kind of the fulfillment piece around what you got from that whole experience. Just talk to us about, talk to us about that a bit more.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, par, par, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. You know, you want to pick, you want to keep people. You know, you want to keep entrepreneurial people. You don't want them necessarily to go off and 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 and, uh, and set up businesses in competition. So, you know, you could argue every time that happened, by some degree, that was yeah. that, that was a failure because it would have been better for us as a business if people were um, had uh, uh, stuck around. Now, that's you know, especially in a market like recruitment where the barriers to entry are so low, mm-hmm. that's around aspiration anyway. And I suppose the the good thing was that we um, hired people of that calibre, that they could go on and do their own thing and be successful at it. Um, I think, you know, if you look back at what you're, you're, you're most proud of, I think part of it was taking people uh, from backgrounds that frankly wouldn't have got a look in from a lot of other companies and a lot of other organisations um, and, and seeing those people develop um and and become more confident and become successful seeing the the level of pride that they got in their own achievements hearing about how proud their parents were of them and 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 all that sort of stuff you know yeah you get a big you get a big kick out of that you know there's a point which you know money is great and and it's a good way of keeping score as as someone famously said but you know inherently you need something more that over the longer term and certainly seeing other people develop and feeling that you had a part to play in that is is one of the key um,
0: reasons why you do the job oh definitely I mean I, I you know I, I always worked hard from a very young age but S3 made me work even harder in, in a good way but then the latest one of the latest sort of buzzwords or recent buzzwords is, is burnout and people have got different views on this and I, and I feel that if I didn't work as hard as I worked there's no way I would have achieve what i've achieved but there's a limit right but so with with yourself personally you know i know s3 advocate hard work but in a good way because the rewards are there how have you kind of looked after yourself in terms of well-being mental health time management your family because it's not all about s3 is it
1: uh, well, it was for me for a long time, and and I and I think you know that that's that's the that's the truth of it. I mean, you know, if I if I think back to, I mean, I retired early. I mean, when I was um, forty eight when I retired, which is a nice position to be in. Oh. But I but I remember I remember um, the first time I was ever ever really at home when my kids got home from from school mm. um, was was actually after I retired, and I can I can remember that, that, that we've, I've got uh, twins. And a a daughter that were very close in age, so they they were all in sixth form together, and uh, and they came back from sixth form at the local school, and I remember sitting you know sitting there and I I, I'd been at home the whole day and there they were back from school and I thought, you know what they're sixteen and and eighteen and and it's taken that long before I've really been in that position, so you know there there were sacrifices. to, to make there were sacrifices i were i was conscious that, that i was making at the time i mean you know it wasn't like i woke up one day and thought i could have seen more of my kids i knew that there were other jobs there were other things i could have been doing if that was the the number one priority and you actually ultimately you know in life you make you make decisions um you know i, I you know whether the right decisions you know whether you know if someone turned around and said i think you've got that completely wrong you've got your priorities completely arse about face I completely respect that person's position it's a completely legitimate position for them to take it just isn't what I how, how, how I did it um so I'm you know I'm I'm am you know we, we had a hard working culture as you said I think it for me it was always incredibly important that um, we as leaders in the business walk the walk you know so it, you know right up to the point in which I didn't work um or didn't work full-time um, you know if you phoned up Uh, eight o'clock in the morning um you know I would answer my phone you know I'd be at my desk by eight in the morning I'd be unlike it's unlikely I'd be um out of my desk by by seven o'clock in the in in the evening if I was Mm. not not traveling thousands of miles a year so so that you know um hard work if you enjoy your job is, is 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 no particular sacrifice you know, and I think this issue of, of burnout and all the rest of it, I'm probably old fashioned in that sense. I'm not dis- I'm not disputing it happens. Um, but I think there's an element where it's a little bit too easy for people to hit that button and say, you know, I've, I've, I've had enough. Um, yeah. 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 Um, and, 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 you know, while I'm not in any way disparaging the importance of, of mental health and all that sort of stuff um i also think you know if you want to be successful there's an an element where you've got to grit your teeth and uh, and get on with it and sometimes it's a bit shit and sometimes you just got to you know get through to get get through it on the other end there's no there's no there's no getting away from that
0: right and that's that's what makes you stronger and all that kind of stuff but i I feel that sv rode a wave and i feel that the principles the the way that you pushed to people was was great and it kind of worked back then in the 80s 90s noughties but do you feel that approach would work now? And how do you feel about that whole kind of thing now where it's like, you know, working from anywhere and you know, the, the burnout and the well being? Do you think it's yeah,
1: over to you? Well, well, the first thing I'd say is is I absolutely think that there is genuine differences between generations, right? Yeah. And and actually interestingly enough, the last management conference that I I sort of um, hosted as chief executive, the theme from that was the acknowledgement of the fact that we had management, and 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 the staff were from different generations. Yeah. And for me, it was as profound a difference as if you had people that were from different um, cultures, or from different yeah. Uh, or from you know genders or any other kind of way in which you think about you know people think differently because they're a woman or they think differently because they're you know german rather than british or you know uh japanese or whatever it might be i mean that generational thing is a very profound difference and i think you're naive if you think it's not real Uh, Um, so so it does throw up i think um massive massive um challenges Mm. and i think this is um that are you know if you like trying to adopt a a kind of old school mentality um you know and 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 impose that on that generation it's it's hard it really is Mm. you know there's no question about it i would say my caveat to that would be if you then throw the baby out with the bathwater and say oh well you've then got to do what they want you to do
0: you know you've got to
1: run the, the you run your business you know as if it was actually being run by a, a, a millennial or a gen gen uh, gen z or whatever um then frankly you'd have a very nice business with lots of um you know uh, thoughtfulness and um, um uh, mindfulness i should say and and well-being issues and, and and you probably go out of business after five minutes you know so 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 for me you know it's about uh, it is as all things are about striking a balance but i'm absolutely 100 uh cognizant of the fact it's a very
0: real problem or very yeah. real trap. there's this whole compassion vulnerability kind of well-being mental health thing i think i think it's great uh, but you're right it is complete dichotomy to what it was like you know when we were doing it or certainly when you were doing it as well but do, do you feel that this generation has more to offer than the previous generation and in what way and what ways what are the advantages and disadvantages would you say um look i i speak as as a as a father of of um of of 320
1: of something year olds um you know i i think the the mentality of of um of people is different i think that you're in in some respects they're more sophisticated than than my generation was i think they're more demanding of 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 work you know they want more mm. out of work and it's more multidimensional. Mm. um I, I do think there's an element of i want it all i want it now i just don't want to work very hard for it so I, I would say, you know, this is a massive generalisation. I'm, I'm not sure that the, 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 the most recent generation, in my experience, have the same work ethic that perhaps, you know, gen, yeah. uh, um, I, I'm probably borderline, in fact, I think I am borderline um, baby boomer, actually. Um, so I think there are, you know, that, that, just that sheer kind of you know stamina the horsepower behind oh, behind yeah. the winning list to just you know get on with it and put the hours in I don't think that's perhaps there are in, in quite the
0: same sort of way mm, I agree I think you know I'm you're Ned I'm a Ned as well and um, obviously the pandemic has affected business in many different ways but I think there is a, a hangover from that and what I'm finding is that um, there's a bit of a kind of like oh but the impact of COVID the impact of the pandemic, but. I feel with that as almost like the whole work from home, working from anywhere thing, I, I now believe that the hybrid model is, is a good way forward where if you asked me four years ago about working from home or anywhere, I would have said absolutely no, no way. Um, but I feel that um, you're right. I think sometimes the only way to kind of is to fight fire is to get on, get, on with the, get on with the bloody job, right? So what, what's your view on this kind of the flexible working, working from home and all this kind of stuff around, for me, the office environment, you just can't beat that for culture.
1: Well, I mean, I think the first thing to say is that I don't think you can generalize about the world of work, right? I mean, you know, if you're an IT person, right, um, and you can do your job just as well, um, you know, not yeah. coming into the office, and you don't particularly miss the experience of going into the office, and the office doesn't ex- particularly experience miss you being there, you know, then why the hell are you, you know, dragging your sorry ass uh, on a on a on a train an hour each way? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think for certain types of of, of role. Um, then working from home makes absolute, you know, 100% uh, sense. I think any kind of learning environment, um, any environment where you're trying to pick up stuff from osmosis, um, and whether that's a um, working environment or an educational environment, um, then I absolutely believe that there is no substitute for human interaction. And, and and the issue for me is the fact that, you know, the comparison with schools is probably quite an obvious one. If you regard the fact that kids learn better and learn in the broader sense, better as a result of physically being in school, then there's a natural quid pro quo for that, which is the teachers have got to be in school, right? So if you're talking about a typical kind of sales environment and everyone agrees, yeah, of course, the rookies have to be in the office. Well, yeah, but also that means by by... By implication, the managers have got to be there because that's who the rookies are going to be learning from. In the same way that the teachers have got to be there if the if the kids are learning. So, I mean, if you if you if you you know if I if I was if I ruled the world, um, <laughs> I, would, I would have everyone I would have everyone in the office for the absolute maximum amount of time that they possibly can be there before it gets dysfunctional and in, in the office for the sake of being in the office. Certainly, if I was a twenty something year old, I'd want to be in the office. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, the idea the idea of actually just you know fighting for space around yeah. a um a kitchen table in ballum you know yeah yeah with, with my four roommates or, or flatmates or whatever yeah. that doesn't appeal to me at all
0: in terms of the age people i do i do feel sorry oh, i felt i felt sorry for like the 16 to 22 year old in the pandemic I mean, what time to have a pandemic at that age i must have been terrible but it's terrible for everybody but in, certain, in terms of this kind of meteoric rise you know from you know two or three people to 60 offices and you know, three or four hundred million quid, and I'm sure there were some dip, difficult times and some dark times. So, give, give us one or two examples where you you were in the shit, or you you was in the trenches. You were, you, you you know you had some some real sort of issues, and you, how did you how did you deal with those?
1: Well, I mean, I think uh, as someone who, who who made their career in in sales, everyone has their 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 dark. Moments. I mean, you know, anyone that's actually a recruitment consultant will relate to this. I, I had three dropouts in three phone calls on a on a Friday afternoon, one right. time, um,
0: yeah.
1: literally one after the other. And right. um, you know, as I always um, tell people now, that you know, and I genuinely believe it, it's it's the bad experiences that are the most valuable from the perspective of um, of, of learning and and getting better for the future. But you know, the idea that um, I was by that third phone call saying, "This is a wonderful learning experience. <laughs> and I'm so glad I had it." You know, is is a, is, is um, you know, um, I wasn't going down. I didn't go down the pub that Friday, um, and and get uh, you know,
0: oh, <laughs> you know,
1: on, on the bait on the basis of celebrating the learning experience. So I, I was there to drown my sorrows. Right. So that happens all the time. You know, that one particular. Um, Friday is my Black Friday, if you like, you know. Um, but there were lots of variations on that, and 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 that's the difference, right? In 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 sales, particularly, y- you are well paid in sales because you can cope with those knockbacks and come back from yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and that is not something that most people can do. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be hard to hire salespeople, keep them, and et cetera, et cetera. So mm. that kind of in, uh, inherent uh bounce back ability that kind of um, uh, you know um you know robustness of personality or whatever you know um, unless you've got that then then, then it's going to chew you up and, and spit you out years before um running the movie forward I mean you know being in a public company being in a position where you've got a an external uh marketplace interested in everything you do and particularly your results and, and having situations where, you know, you find out things that aren't looking great from the perspective of, um, you know, uh, does that look like we're going to hit this quarter's numbers or are we going to hit this um, year's numbers and all the rest of it? That's pretty stressful. Um, you know, that's something that you've got to be able to, to, to cope with. Um, mm. So there have been plenty of times, you know, where I've actually thought, why the hell am I doing this? Um but, uh, you know, that's, 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 you know, if, if you can give me a, 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 describe to me one single job there is in, in, mm. in uh, that everyone sort of dances into work every time, uh, every day and, 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 and loves it, you know, I'm sure, you've, uh, you know, I'm a lot of people, like a lot of people, my old dear job probably would be to be a professional footballer, but I can't imagine nice. that. Every,
0: and you and me both. Every, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every professional footballer walks around on a little kind of curtain of cushion of air the whole time, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. You know. So, um, yeah, you just get you just get on with it. Um mm. I mean right the way back to my childhood, I was a clever kid in a crap school um and um and, and was bullied as a consequence of it. You know, that right. that that certainly had something to do with my my um making my personality what it what it was was having mm. that mentality that you know um I'm clever, you're stupid. In the end
0: I'll have the um, I'll have the last laugh. Right. <laughs> so that kind of gave you so that that's that, that talking that's the thing that's talk about, I mean. The bullying thing but talk about kind of like three boys so your father as well and i think i think often people don't realize you know no i've got a daughter. daughter I've got a daughter, a daughter sorry you like, daughter? My, my, my my kids yeah. yeah 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 so in terms of any adversity kind of away from away from the business because like you being being a fa- father and a family man and a husband all that kind of stuff it's that's that's a job in itself right i mean you must have had some difficult times like kind of managing all that as well
1: yeah, yeah like I, like I think um, having, having kids is the biggest responsibility that you'll ever have. Mm. I think one of the things, if you're a professional manager, the biggest the biggest um, thing you've got to be um, conscious of is, is, is don't manage your kids. Yes.
0: Right? yes. Um,
1: you know, and, 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 and actually there's a temptation to do that. Interestingly enough, I sent my kids to the local comprehensive, albeit in a nice area. Um, and the one thing about private school is that they beast your kids for you. Right. I mean, let's be right. absolutely clear. That's that's part of the reason why you, 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 you you're, you're charged what you're charged. It's that's the equivalent right. of going to a, 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 um, a trainer in a gym. Right. You know, you're, you're paying to, 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 to be uh, to be beasted. Um, you know, even good comprehensives don't have that. So you've got to do the yeah. beasting. You know, if you want to, um, you know, if you want to drive your kids a little bit. And and there's a fine line with that, you know, between being the the encouragement, you know, that you could do better, you know, and all the rest of it, mm. and being, you know, the, the pain in the ass father. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: you know, that's that's a balance that's very hard to get. But, right. it? I, mean, I, I certainly didn't always get it right. I found that difficult, you know, being a CEO, uh, you know, and trying to not bring my work approach to the father fatherhood you know kind of like you can't sort of telling your son to make more phone calls at home isn't you know it's not going to go down too well sometimes is it i think it's 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 a, it's a difficult one when you're putting all your all your kind of time and effort into the work sometimes to kind of decompress and kind of and kind of without being too kind of like new age but the mindfulness of that i mean was were there any challenges around kind of like not being connected to your family or son or did that not really happen for you
1: no no I, look, I I I never had a great deal of difficulty switching off from work
0: right so right. so I wasn't
1: I wasn't someone that you know came home and and and, and had sleep this night I mean look, there were the odd sleepless nights don't get me wrong but um I, I never really had that kind of um, sense I, I, I did a um, a spell at business school in uh, in right. the states and that was very interesting because the first thing they said to us pretty much was go back to your room and 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 delete your inbox. Right. So right. That you can, really, you know, pro- properly benefit from this this course. And, and a lot of the Europeans and I included the, the Brits in that went, yeah, what a great idea. Let's do it. Right. And the Americans were absolutely aghast at the idea. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and not only that, you know, you'd be in you'd be in the um, in the classroom uh, or in the lecture sort of scenario. And maybe and, and they'd, they'd be on their laptops, you know, they be, they be, you know, so yeah. their company paid for them to, to supposedly have this learning experience, but still expected them to be so engaged with the day to day work that they just half the mind was on that and half the mind, you know, and I was just like, what's the point? Right. So I had no difficulty parking that in, in, in that. In that mm, that's great. Um,
0: that's great. Great leadership uh, trait to have. Actually.
1: Well, I just just, you know, it's only so important right i mean work is so important it's important but
0: it's not you know it's yeah not, it's, it's not life or death. so great we're, we're coming towards the kind of the last third of the podcast last quarter of the podcast now we want to kind of move on to kind of post s3 so talk to me about that kind of transaction what happened your, your exit and you know how did you then or how have you pivoted because you've got uh, a few investments going on as well haven't you at the moment is that right yeah so so i i,
1: I mean i knew when i left s3 i didn't want to do any a, another big job uh, in that sense, um, I didn't particularly want to work, work um, join the board of a public company that I didn't right. care about. Um, and if I looked back at the two times that my found my career most interested in 3 it was when we were a very small company and when we were a bigger company. Okay.
0: Um,
1: and, uh, and so actually what I've done really since then is I've, I've actually got more involved with smaller businesses, either as an NED or investor or both. Um, because actually, the one thing I realized I missed, I didn't get much of towards the end of my career at S3 was, was that kind of more mentoring type role, you know, to really have a kind of one on one relationship with, with someone and really see that development that we talked about earlier on. Um, and so being involved in smaller businesses has, has allowed me to scratch that itch again. So that's been that's been really good. And um, and I've, you know, I've stuck pretty much with what I know. Most of what I've been involved with is in the staffing business or it's tech for staffing. Um, so from that perspective, I've 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 been an angel investor. I've been a board, board consultant. I've done it. Um, I've done various different roles. But it's interesting that, it, you know, I, I thought when I left at S3 after 26 years, it would be like someone leaving the army. And find it really hard to to to, to adjust. You. You know? Yeah. And actually, it, it it was nowhere near as difficult as I thought it would be. Um, the thing that is quite hard early on is the idea of having a few things that you're supposed to be interested in, as opposed to this monomania with one particular big job. You know, so 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 being able to right, oh, this week I am. This person, yeah. next, well, not this person, but this is my responsibility and priority this week. Um, that was actually quite um, uh, an adjustment, but the hmm. I was less institutionalized than I thought I,
0: I, I perhaps um, uh, would have been. I was going to say, I was literally, I was going to say, how did you do that for 26 years? But I, I guess that's the kind of like an open mind. It feels like you were, although we were talking about learning on the job, it felt like you were, you were guiding others, but you probably learned from a lot of great people. And I, I think a good leader is also only as good as the people around him. Right. Would you say that's true? Yeah. No, well, look, we
1: had, we had, uh, we had a board with non-execs, you know, my, my old chairman, Sir Anthony Cleaver was the ultimate kind of, you know, um, uh, captain of industry type you know and I learned you know loads from him and, f- and from the other the other NEDs I mean we did a venture capital deal before we did the IPO so in 99 we took a um, a chunk of money out uh, from Barclays and, 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 and having the VCs on board which was six years before we actually floated the business mm. that was a real learning experience as well so yeah, look, I mean, I think that was why I stuck for as long as I uh, stuck it for as long as I did was the fact that there was for me there was a kind of intellectual fascination about how far we could take the business, and the business changed all the time. You know, so you know, as, mm. we, as we as we got into new markets, as we internationalised the business, from each e- each year it was a different company. So you know, when I say I've been with the same company for twenty six years, that's nonsense really, because the company I left and the company I joined was unrecognisable.
0: Certainly. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So, I mean, this, this, this podcast is called the purpose Led Leadership Podcast, and I'm all about purpose. Now, what, what would you say your purpose is, if you have thought about it, and how has it changed and how will it change, do you think?
1: Well, I think, I think for me, the purpose was that the, 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 I'm a very competitive person right okay um you know as as anyone that's that's ever been in a pub quiz with me you know (laughs) you know make sure it's the answer is 100 percent. you know (laughs) otherwise i'll be on on your case i'm extremely competitive for me the outcomes the hitting the targets the hitting the business targets watching the the share price rise all of that was inherently very satisfying for me right maybe old-fashioned it may be a bit kind of like you know sort of um uh, superficial but actually I, I, I got a lot out of that so running a, a successful business for all the conventional reasons that you run a business I yeah, got yeah. A, a inherent you know satisfaction out of out of doing that doing the competition being better you know that none of that was 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 bad um, but if there was a purpose beyond that it, I go back to circle back around to what I was said before which was this idea of seeing other people develop Right. And seeing other people transform their, their 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 own circumstances. And the amount of times I've actually had people say, you know, joining this company was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Mm. You know, I wouldn't be the person that I am, my circumstances wouldn't be what that, you know, that happened all the time. And, and and insofar as we had a higher purpose as a business, that was the higher purpose, was really to see that the the people um that we took on develop and, and, and become. know the best people that they could be in that in in that world so um that sounds cheesy but it happens to be true doesn't it doesn't
0: i mean i'm i'm I'm, i can testify that because i'm one of them i mean i'm I'm eternally grateful for you and the other people at s3 there's so many to mention isn't there i mean proper proper legends
1: not to mention all the not to mention all the uh the the marriage the s3 marriages the s3 children Yes. I mean, I, you know, that, that would be an interesting one. I wonder how many kids are, are, are wow. actually around that are a consequence of their parents meeting at S3. It must be in the okay. hundreds. You've got your own years.
0: tribe, mate. You're
1: doing what you're doing really well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, That's actually a few more years, and we'll probably have the S three first S3
0: grandchildren. <laughs> um, so in terms of any business owners out there that would want to hear you Give them one or two pieces of advice around it. Someone, someone's setting up now or just started. What, what, what sort of tips can you give recruitment business owners now um, to sort of grow, scale, and and do it in the right way?
1: Well, I mean, you can, you could. Recruitment is a simple business, right? Okay, you know, if you if you actually modelled it, it's a pretty simple business. Um, if you wanted to really um, uh, focus on on one. Uh, thing above all else 80 percent of success in that market is hiring great people and keeping them right everything else apart from that is largely details but saying it and doing it are two fundamentally different things okay but essentially if you can just work on the basis that if you're getting that right if you're hiring the best people or the best people available to you you're inspiring them and motivating them giving them the circumstances to give them the confidence that they want to stay mm. and then really the majority of the rest of the of, of the prerequisites of leadership are if not poor seconds they're, they're all ancillary
0: and, and secondary to that i agree with you and i think you're right it's half the battle is, is getting them but then you've got to keep them retain them and grow them right uh, yeah. And, and and actually, there's a circular
1: thing there. You hire the right people in the first place, they're more likely to stay. Right. Yeah, so that's uh, very so, true. So, so hard, hard, you know, ret- retention. And the other thing is taking personal responsibility for it. You know, the amount of times I've had people say, well, yeah, we lost so and so and so and so. But they were rubbish anyway. But, well, well, hang on a minute. Did the government make you take them on? You know, yeah. <laughs> was there some sort of, did someone have a, a gun at your head when you actually hired them? You know, yeah, you exactly. actually hired them. You're responsible for them you know so and that's another i suppose that's the other thing about it you know that 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 taking personal responsibility mm. comes to the outcomes of the people that you actually
0: employ so so true so a couple of last questions for two in one question what what kind of gets you up in the morning these days considering you've done pretty much most things and what keeps you up at night uh very little keeps me up at night actually um you know and and, and, and very little ever did you know
1: yeah. I've, I've i've never i've never struggled to um to, to really you know turn off in that in, in that way i mean the, these days obviously um I, I still i am i'm not completely um retired from that perspective so i'm still engaged with 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 certain parts uh, certain businesses etc etc mm. um but other than that um you know i, I and mean, you you do all the stuff that you when you're working full-time you, you wish you had the time to do yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know travel um you know all all of all of the stuff that people say there's one that there's a there's a thing which says the people that are in positions to take early retirement are probably the people that are least interested in taking early retirement right or or, you know so so there's a there's a there's a paradox there um but it's quite easy to be busy doing not very much Mm.
0: no very true so in, in the advent of well not the advent you know the hot topic of mental health and well-being but more kind of looking after yourself so how, you know you're, you're you're very energetic vibrant positive well you're certainly given that impression i've, I've spoken to you a few times uh, either you're a good actor or it's, or it's real how, how do you look after yourself mentally and physically uh, well look, i mean I, I'm, I'm
1: i would say i'm super active but i i i'm uh you know i'm active in the sense of you know i i i i keep fit I, I cycle a lot you know all of that sort of stuff I, I think that is a very important thing for what it's worth the whole time I worked you know I would always make sure that you know there was there was time to, to be in the gym or whatever I think that's a you know that kind of physical unwind I don't think you can I was never a brilliant athlete or anything like that but I always played football or whatever it might be going right, right the way through my my life and I think that's a a, a really important thing and 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 I actually think look it's very simplistic but you know just relaxing and doing not very much i mean i think we before we before we started this recording you were talking about you know the, going to the pub and having a few pints having yeah. a nice Sunday lunch right okay you know just the, those the sort of simple pleasures of life never 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 lose sight of the fact it doesn't have to be a michelin style um no. restaurant. you know it can be it can be a
0: pub lunch and it can be just as it can be just as enjoyable that's true and final question you might have already answered it but if, if if there's one thing you'd like the audience to be left with from you what would it be um probably this that i think there's a lot of cynicism
1: about business and i think there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a view which is that you you know that the most successful businesses kind of use people up and wear them out and, and actually, I'd say that it's the opposite. I think the most successful businesses, certainly in the space that I've had experience of in the last 30 odd years, the most successful businesses are the ones that care about their staff. So, you know, nice guys don't finish last, I suppose, is the, yeah. is, is the thing I'd probably um, leave as a, as a, as a thought. You can, be, you can be a decent person and be successful in all the normal kind of um, measurable ways. The, the two aren't mutually in, um, uh,
0: incompatible. Love that. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I uh, learned a lot from you. I'm sure others have as well. Where can people find you uh, if they want to get in touch? Um, well, you know, I'm not,
1: I'm not the biggest user of LinkedIn, but anyone's desperate to, <laughs> to find me, as you as did. Um, you can find yeah. me on LinkedIn.
0: Brilliant. Mate, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. No, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you.